This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature the podcast shows such as Sports Brings People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcasts. Now, without further ado, let's get in to the Buffalonian Podcast. The Buffalo Bills make some moves and take the dub over the Green Bay Packers. Tate Thompson is absolutely on fire for the Buffalo Saints. We'll be talking Would You Rather, Hot Takes, Trivia, and more. This is the Buffalo Bills Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And fellas, what a game this past weekend. The Bills take the win over the Green Bay Packers. A little bit of a messy second half, but, you know, first half was pretty solid. What, what are your thoughts? Let's recap. Uh, I think it was one of the most boring games I've ever watched, <laughs> to be honest with you. Especially for a prime time game. I guess I'm biased in the fact of I was working for most of the first half, so I didn't get to see any of the first half. So I didn't see any of the three touchdowns live. So, I mean, I just saw the crappy second half. So I'm a little biased. Yeah, it was a little tough. And for anyone watching, Mike is currently in his college library right now. So mm-hmm. uh, it is it is a, he's going to be a little quieter on this episode. He's got to respect the study grind. So, <laughs> I mean, Mike, anything to add? If you Shout want. out your college, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I think just uh, watching the second half, um, it was kind of like Alan was just trying to be like, I'm taking this game. I want to just make a statement here, and it just didn't work. A little backward. It's okay. It happens. I mean, he kept trying to force deep throws, you know, but that, they had the game in hand in the first half. So, I, I mean, I, I kind of – I get where he was coming from, but at the same time, let's calm down, take a second, and recuperate here. I mean – well, I mean, I mean, like 21 million people watched, I think on yeah. average, watched the game, which is the highest since 2015 on Sunday Night Football. So even two, the, probably the two, I would say the smaller market teams in the entire league, and Green Bay's not a small market, so no, Buffalo. Well, Buffalo. And it wasn't, yeah. like it, was, it wasn't like it was a great game either, to be honest. I mean, no. again, I'm a little biased, but so it just tells you that the NFL is king, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue with 21 million people watching our hometown Buffalo Bills stomp the, the Green Bay Packers in spectacular fashion, but... I mean, looking at this, you know, it was the night before Halloween. Who, who, who really, who stepped up for you in that game? Like, who was your your uh, takeaway after that? Like, who stepped who stepped up? Matt Milano. I would yeah. say Matt Milano is always a good pick, though. Uh, I would say Ed Oliver really played probably yeah. his best game of the year. Yeah, uh, obviously coming off the bye with the ankle injury, you know, he was getting a lot of interior pressure. Uh, throughout the game, I know we had one play where I believe Groot had a sack, but it was based off Rodgers having to step up through him on that fourth and three on the first Packers drive. Uh, it looked like I think the NBC crew said that the wide receiver is kind of open on the corner route, but Aaron Rodgers just couldn't get there because I mean the dude, the guard was right in his face because Ed Oliver bull rushed the crap out of him. Yeah, no, Ed Oliver. That's who I was going to say had an amazing game. He really just 
took it and that defensive line was better with him fully healthy on it and he was kicking butt i mean so that anyone on the offense to you i mean that was a defensive guy anyone offensively i would say it was a nice bounce back game for mckenzie because that was a pretty nice touchdown not gonna lie so yeah yeah no that's it's definitely isaiah mckenzie i mean after the horrific drops he had last week it was nice to see him step up and do a decent job for a game i mean hopefully he stays consistent with that but i mean you never know what that I'd guy say is. Uh, Singletary did a nice little first half there. Mm-hmm. He did, and he just didn't do much second half. Motorin was shout motoring. out to uh, James Cook. He had some nice carries. He did. James he kind of. So. I think James Cook solidified. I mean, his production this year has been pretty good from first first touch of the year as a fumble to to now. I, I think <laughs> well, a I, long way. I, I would hope that something has happened in a positive <laughs> sense towards that case. But no, I think the whole ground game was pretty good. Obviously, it was very good in the first half. Second half, I mean, they were able to move the ball, but it seemed like there was a lot more negative plays in the ground game than there were in the first half. I don't know. I mean, if that was just blocking, being poor, or because Green Bay had the ball for so long that the offensive line kind of got out of rhythm with their blocks. I think that might be the case where they a little bit outside runs that were a little slow developing, and you know your blocks have to be good on those. And, and it seemed a lot of times that Singletary is going to hit four yards deep in the backfield when that was happening in the second half. So. A good, a positive and a negative to the ground game. It was kind of what it's always been a little inconsistent, but I would say it was it was more good than bad. But against Green Bay, you know, they kind of have to have a good ground game because they they're right. terrible. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a couple good throws. Aaron Jones was solid throughout the game. So I mean, they they did not play awful. You know what I mean in that kind of a sense. But in- I think I think you got to respect the Packers that they um, kind of showed what kind of team they were down seventeen at halftime to at least battle. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't miss a beat. Like they kept going, but at the end of the day, did not matter. Did not. I mean, I I still think like I mean, one, they're not even close to us. But (laughs) at the end of the day, like I, Collinsworth made the point in the broadcast that they were moving the ball, running the ball, and it was the right strategy. And at so at like I could agree with him at some sense that they were running the ball well, but at the same time, like it wasn't like Jonathan Taylor was running on us in the Colts game last year. But at the same time, they kicked. They made a field goal. Their drives in the second half, they kicked the field goal. They had that interception. They had just the only reason they scored a touchdown was because of a great play by the wide receiver, by the wide receiver for a 40 yard touchdown. Like, I mean, it's not like they pounded the ball in the end zone. They eventually got stopped. I mean, they gave up yards. Sure, the defense gave up yards, but they always kind of do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I mean, you got to give credit to Aaron Jones because he's obviously their best offensive player right now. They don't have Devontae anymore. So, like, I would say he had some good runs, but there are times where he stopped. And then they tried to get A.J. Dillon involved. And he I got think injured, the, didn't he? The one – He came back. Oh, The one play back. he was dragging Tremaine. Tremaine could not bring him down. Just saying. Tremaine, Tremaine has been having great games recently. <laughs> like, I, I have I, to I will say, say – I will say this. I will say this. The play that Tremaine made at the end of the, the first half – I don't know why I was going to say that – where he carried the, line, the tight end up the field – and then, like, Rodgers tried to throw it over him, and it hit his helmet, and Matt almost picked it. Yeah. Those are the type of plays that no one sees on TV of Tremaine taking away the middle of the field in coverage. I feel like if people had, like, the all-22 or, like, a, a wider range, they'd respect Tremaine a little bit more. But most of the time, people just see him, you know, get a little lost in the run game sometimes, and... It's been it's been really good this year though. I mean, he's making splash plays. Well, he well, and Matt contract. Milano are the standouts on the defense, in my opinion, for this season. The linebacker position as a whole, I mean, from last year to this year, is so different. It's awesome. I mean, they're they're really kicking butt. I mean, yeah, I, I think that you know, if we talk about who was 
kind of below average. I thought the D-line kind of got pushed on a little bit in the run game. Um, I know they were trying to invite them to run, play nickel and all that, but uh, the D-line, I, I think the main problems for the run, the run defense wasn't like the linebackers were playing bad and they were like overrunning or missing a bunch of tackles. Tackling was a little bit of an issue, but I would say mostly like the, the D-linemen kind of got out of their gaps a little bit. But that's something to work on. Right. I mean, there's always room for improvement, especially with that game. They were getting a little chippy with each other, if you ask me. There were some words said. Uh, Diggs followed, what's his last name? Alexander. Alexander. Yeah, I followed him out of the tunnel, uh, Mm -hmm. getting chippy with him. Gabe Davis was a little chippy, you know. And then Diggs and Rasul Douglas, like after Diggs uh, got the touchdown, he like tackled him after the play. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) Davis and um, was it McKenzie? Yeah, it was McKenzie. They were like holding them back. It's just I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like I, it's, you know what I mean. Like they they haven't done that as a team in a since Who I can remember. They well, Alexander and Dig- team. Alexander and Diggs used to go way back in the division. So right, but I mean the whole the whole Packers team was like chippy with us. You know what I mean? Like it was it wasn't just Alexander and Diggs. I would have been fine. With I think that, that was like, like the like our offense versus their defense because according to Von Miller, like most of the time he was just chanting about what. The offensive line of basically going to do with their Halloween for their kids and stuff. So <laughs> I think I, I mean, if we talk about the ground game for one more second, you know, Vaughn did say you know, they were surprised how much they were running the ball. He even asked Aaron Rodgers during the game, why were they, why weren't they throwing it more? So I think, I mean, oh, do we know Rodgers' answer to that? Was it that he has no wide receivers? I mean, no, that... Vaughn refused <laughs> to comment on what his answer was to yeah. that question. But Sammy Watkins is a wide receiver for them. Sammy dropped touchdown. He did it. He did. Back in Buffalo, got a touchdown. I mean, who did? Sammy. Sammy didn't score a touchdown. That was Romeo Dobbs. I thought Sammy had a touchdown. No, no, that was Romeo Dobbs. I was that just was... running with what Mike said. I'm gonna be honest with you. I watched <laughs> oh, well. the entire game. So. Well, I didn't even watch the first half. I knew that one. Yeah, no, oh. I, I was, I was hoping Sammy did honestly. But did no, he it's... leave on bad terms? If I remember correctly, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything you. as bad as Stefan Gilmore, but it was, it wasn't anything spectacular, was it? He got traded once the new regime got here. At the summer of the new regime, he got traded. The new regime. For, for EJ Gaines in a second round pick, I think. Well, that worked out great for EJ Gaines. Huh? He's still hanging I'm around. Trying to, I'm trying to remember what the second round pick became. EJ hmm. Gaines is not on the team anymore. I know, I'm kidding. You know what that second round pick You know what that second round pick became, I'm pretty sure? Because hmm. it was the 2018 draft. I think that was one of the picks used to trade up to number seven to get Josh Allen. Nice. Oh, look at that. There you go. Mm, there you go. Look there you go. That. There's your the fun fact toy of the day. Fun Thanks, fact. Sammy. We oh, traded an extra for, we traded a first round pick for you. Well, technically two first round picks to trade trade up, but you guys now, help help us get Josh. Now I want to delve into this now. We we've recapped the Packers game. The Bills have made some moves today before four o'clock PM, maybe a little after four o'clock PM. It sounded like four thirty. Uh on some before the trade deadline ended, and the Colts. Let's just say Colts fans. Dom, you've mentioned me before. We started recording. <laughs> Colts fans are not happy. They're yeah, not happy at all. It's, it's, it's always the first thing I always do is usually uh, when a trade happens, I'll see what the Bills fans think, and then usually when the trade gets officially announced, I'll look at the team's official like trade, you know, the the Colts account, and uh, they're not happy. Some people were defending Zach Moss, which I thought was pretty laughable. So. <laughs> A quarter into that uh, experiment, they're going to realize that uh, a grave mistake was made. Do think he has any value? Yeah, any positive value, I should say. 
defending Zach Moss. What are you defending? That he gets stuffed after one yard gains or goes negative and then rides the bench for the whole season? I mean, I don't know what you have to defend. I mean, he's a third round pick, I guess. He has some kind of value he respect. He hasn't shown any value. So I think he's got more trade value than anything. Well, actually, no, he doesn't. He's got no value. Well, yeah, because he did for us. He got us Naheem Hines. I know. I think it's a. I I wouldn't. I would. I would say if I was be, like grading it, I would say it's like a B plus. It's not like I don't love it, but I, I don't like hate it. it. it no, it well, helps, like, hate, like, hate's a strong game. word. It it helps in the receiving game because I mean, I don't know if they've been sold on James Cook's ability as a receiver yet. So yeah. I think maybe they're just bringing him in as like insurance, maybe to help mentor him, and then I don't know if he'll be back next year if they just cut him or whatever. I think he's got two years left too. So, yeah. yeah, I think he has five point four million this year, four point seven the next, or it stops it. I think it might be I think it's the opposite. I think, okay, well, I I was you know I was close, but I think I like it from the fact of I think it helps the Bills in the short term. Yeah, uh, because of the James Cook situation, we don't really know. I mean, he was playing pretty well, so I think maybe it's more of just to get in the, maybe Cook and Hines are out there for you know to get linebackers on them. So obviously, receiving out of the backfield will help. Also, I think it's a little underrated about special teams too. He's a very he can return kicks. He's pretty solid at that. So yeah, um, you don't yeah, he's a pretty good returner. Looking at his track record, I mean, I think it's definitely a good move because you don't need, yeah, you don't need Shakir or I yeah. think McKenzie's a kickoff returner still. So I mean, yeah, I think that's I think that's an upgrade on special. Obviously, they you know this Bills regime cares a lot about special teams as well. So yeah, um, and well, also also if like every move that the Bills make, it always seems that they. Are are sure that it helps them in the short and long term. You know, Singletary is a free agent. At least not have they now have another back signed up for next year, so at least have Cook and Hines. I mean, obviously Mike alluded to it; they could cut him, and but mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah, I mean it could go any way, but I think that was definitely a good move. And I mean, what do you what do you think uh, about Dean Marlowe? Um, I think that that's just like a depth thing because I think didn't Poyer get banged up and he had to yeah. leave the game? He's got an elbow was... injury that they haven't exposed any MRI on yet. Yeah, so I mean, it's just like an insurance thing. He's been here with McDermott and Frazier, so he knows the team, he knows the schemes. Like, he's just here as like a probably if Poyer's hurt, he can step in and play a few games. Yeah, I mean, we don't so know he's not taking anybody's job. Injury. No, no, absolutely not. I, uh, it's kind of though. It kind of confirms Poyer's injury a little bit. I feel like though he was in what Detroit. Was he in Detroit. He yeah, was in Detroit. Then he was well. So I mean, if you look at it from the Bills' perspective, they've upgraded. I don't know if you want to say RB two because yeah, I'll say it. They've upgraded RB two, and they've upgraded their depth and safety by getting rid of a guy in the 15th round roster that they were not using, and a conditional sixth round pick and a seventh round pick. So, um. I can live with that. I mean, it's a little bit like it's just kind of funny that you know Bean does such a good job hitting on those day three picks. It's kind of a little tougher to see in part of them, but I think they got great value out of both of them. I do agree from a perspective of it might show that Poirier's out for a little bit, but I don't think Poirier's injury is long term. No, it's probably a couple a week or two at most. I would say. Two I games. think he missed what? I mean, he kind of had. I don't know if he had a similar injury because we don't really know, but in the training camp he missed like two to three weeks from that elbow injury so i mean maybe they think that's the same kind of timetable yeah and obviously hamlin a little bit more of a i would say a downhill safety maybe not as much as a cover safety i think marlo's i, I mean 
I have to, I'm, I'm not as adverse of his game, but I think he was more of a cover safety when he was with the Bills. And also, I mean, another kind of special teams that is always a very good special teamer. So, no. yeah. Well, Versa, for two, listen, two versatile players that help you in the short term. Obviously, Hines a little bit more of a also long term help as well. But all in all, I think it was a good deadline to kind of shore up some loose ends. Yeah. What do you? What would you grade it if you if you had to grade this one? I know you said B plus for the other one, but um, that's a great question. Um, probably I'm gonna, stick, I'm gonna say B. Probably B. I mean, yeah, I solid B. I just I, again, I think both B deals. For B for Bean. Big baller Bean. I I think both deals are. I like I like it. I don't think I the Heinz one. I don't love because I just what's going on with James Cook. Mm-hmm. Um. That, like that question mark I have, and the Marlowe one is just you know, it's a seventh round pick. It doesn't really matter, but uh, you know, you'd still like to have draft capital. But they had, I mean, listen, they're trying to win the Super Bowl right now. They had a need for a, a comfortable third safety. That's been the system. At least we're not the Rams. Just trade everything, all of our picks. Yeah, they <laughs> wanted to trade two more first round picks for Brian Burns. Apparently, oh my mm-hmm. god, I don't believe that. Like, I think that's I don't kind know where of... they're getting them from. No, I was watching one Bills Live. Yeah, those 2035, first round picks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was watching one Bills Live and they did the little air horn every time there was a trade today. Just bam, 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 nonstop, nonstop for the Rams. I mean, no, I, I think, I think, it, I think both moves were very, I think this has been a positive week for the Bills, positive last couple of days. They get a mm-hmm. dub, they go to six and one. Mm-hmm. I think. And the Jets are even further away now from. I don't care about the Jets. I care more about the Dolphins. We'll talk about them in a second. But yeah. I mean, listen, the Bills go to six and one. They make two solid moves to f- help the depth of the roster without giving up a lot, and they have a lot of stuff that they could work on. You know, it's not like they blew the doors off. I think we're spoiled as fans that we just expected them to blow the doors off of the Packers, but. Yeah, again, it's like the Patriots in those dynasty years with Brady. I mean, you 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 got upset when they only won by ten points instead of seventeen. You know what I mean? Like that kind of a deal. I feel like we're we're in right now. You know? Yeah, and Josh played his worst quarter of the year, so hopefully that mm-hmm. doesn't happen yeah. again. I mean, yeah, two picks. I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah, and so, two. Pretty he was trying to make boneheaded. a statement game. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, two pretty boneheaded mistakes. I mean, third and ten. I thought he could have ran for the first time. Obviously, we didn't have that real camera angle when they ever showed it, but. That was a bad pick. Obviously, the, I mean, third third and goal pick. That was also, for I I gotta say the frustration I do have with Dorsey is for every reason they just decided to not run the ball when they get to like second and goal to three. They did this against the Dolphins too. Yeah, if you're getting like four yards a pop, like give at least give it another go. If you get stuffed again, then throw it. But they do all this RPO stuff, and then, I don't know. They just get a little. Sometimes they get a. T- I'm not like one of those boomer fans that say they have to run the ball more, but. In that area, I would like to see them maybe maybe run the ball a little bit more in the red zone. But and then I was <laughs> the boomers fans that when football was a running game sport, yeah, you know, yeah, miss miss OJ Simpson when there was eight pass attempts a game. Yeah, Thurman, but, uh, Thurman, yeah. But um, and also he missed that throw to Kumar at the end of the game. I know those penalties so it wouldn't have mattered, if right? We did, but he still missed them. He was wide open. So it was just it was one of those games where Josh, I think the stat was he was six for nine for like a buck forty and two touchdowns under pressure. So he had like a pretty much like a perfect rating, and then I mean you could do the math outside of pressure; it wasn't very good. Um, so I think that was just because when he's not when he's clean, sometimes I think he gets tries to force things, and yeah. uh, it happened. It happened Sunday. Yeah, but... he, he got bloodthirsty. He wanted he wanted to rub it in the face, I think, and 
you know, I, I feel like anyone would be like that, you know, especially prime against prime time. The whole 21 million people are watching. It's against one of his possible, you know, he watched this, his peers, his, his friend. peers. He watched Aaron Rodgers play when he grew up too. like, I mean, this guy's an NFL legend. And to put that many points up, like try and force that I'd be doing the same thing, mm-hmm. but you know, understandably. So and I, I just like how it. I like how he defined it as a gross one, but it's, I also, it's actually correct though. But I also like how McDermott, was, even in the locker room, was like, we didn't play at times to our standard, but we should still celebrate this win because it's hard to win the NFL. I did like yeah. that. And I think, honestly, I, here's how I would look at it. The Bills had a very off day, right? Second half. It was not the Buffalo Bills that we have seen the past couple of weeks. You know, like it wasn't that juggernaut, all four quarters, all fantastic football offense and defense, right? We still did well like we still even on our off day we could still beat most teams in the nfl i would say mm-hmm. no i agree with that like that that's pretty pretty cool to be a part of that right now well yeah but i think the one thing to maybe push back a little bit on that point is they're not going to be good teams doing that no no but like if you that's, play the team I mean, most most teams in the nfl i'm talking like nfc teams you know what i mean yeah but i mean if they played the eagles or they played the chiefs or they play the dolphins yeah we'll talk more about the eagles on the betting on the bills this week i have a couple things to say uh, the eagles are a top three team in the nfl <laughs> they if the, if the bills played like that against the eagles they would have lost by double digits right I, I, the bills played like the pittsburgh steelers did against the eagles or the detroit lions or the commanders the if, eagles haven't played anyone play against the bills, the bills and Chiefs played and like see. they did on sunday they would have lost by double digits to the eagles Chiefs, they would have lost the Dolphins. I mean, I don't think the Eagles players. could beat the Dolphins. I'm going to be honest with you. All right, we'll just talk about this later. We'll talk about. We'll save that for this. This, a, another this is days. silly to me. I'm not saying the Eagles. I'm saying, saying the Dolphins can't beat the Eagles, but to be that confident is a little, little, little scary for you, Joe. No. Anyway, anyway, I mean, let's just move on. Trey White is active to the 53 man roster officially. He will or will not play this week. Do you think he plays or do you think he rides most bench? Or He'll probably he be scratched. Healthy scratch, yeah. you think? Probably. One more week against the Jets, and then we'll see? Or how, how much longer? I don't like the MetLife turf. We saw last year all the 49ers guys <laughs> go down. Yeah. I'm not risking Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The new – uh, actually, I'm not going to say anything yet because we're moving into the new stadium, the renderings after this. I was going to say a new stadium is going to be grass, but – Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's nothing – there's no reason why you can't wait another week, especially no. if you're going to play on a turf. The only, yeah. thing I, the only thing I would say would be – it would be kind of hard for him to play against Minnesota just because, I mean, I think Thielen might be a little bit banged up, but it's a tough task for any cornerback, especially a guy coming off his first game off ACL to guard Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, I think I just don't see the necessary need to force him in to the Jets game all of a sudden. Especially if I'm a dude coming off a knee injury, too. Like, it's just kind yeah. of... Yeah, I think you said it last episode. You said this is like his preseason, his training camp right now, so... Just got to let him progress through it and figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I honestly, I didn't. I when I said that last week though, I thought he was gonna play either this Sunday or in the New York, and then I I did actually forgot that this game was in this game coming up is in New York. And I'm, you mean New I, Jersey? I, whatever. I, I I retract that <laughs> statement because I don't want him to play on turf. All right, statement retracted. I agree. I think they should wait him out a little bit. Just make sure he's fully healthy. But um, no reason to rush. No, it's not, it's not, I mean you're listen. You're getting my half up on everyone in the AFC. So yeah, mm-hmm. one I thing do... I one thing I do want to add before we we talk about the stadium rendering. Okay, like, yeah, go ahead, buddy. I just want to say the Dolphins are are going for it, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. they want it. They got that. Who do they? They got a, a defensive lineman. Who did they get? They got Bradley, Bradley from Denver. 
Jeff yeah. Wilson from San Francisco, so a little bit for the run game. What do they trade for involved. Wilson? I didn't see that. I got to look that up. I don't know. I didn't look. I know they traded a fourth, a first, and uh, Chase Edmonds, who was one of the worst running backs in the NFL this year. So that kind of, you know, yeah. for, for a guy that has Raheem Moster in fantasy football, I was pretty amped for about five minutes, and then they made the Jeff Wilson Jr. trade. And I'm like, well. You think Jeff Wilson will get more pick. touches than Moser? No, but I think they're going to be a split committee. And I thought he was going to be the lead back. So it kind of yeah, blows. Yeah, a point. I got both of them on a fantasy team, luckily enough. So, I mean, well, now they'll join. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to have to trade one of them, probably. I don't know. Do I keep Moser or do I keep Wilson? I have no idea. Well, I mean, we'll have to figure that one that, out. That, 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 that Niner Dolphin connection, Sanhan McDaniel. Yeah. You know. Look at that. I mean, maybe I keep both of them. Maybe I run a double set. You know, no, and see what happens. If they, get, they get Dude. split. If they get split. Split carries. Come on. Well, I'm playing you this week in fantasy football. I wish you would do that against me. But uh, oh, okay. Well, now um, I know I'm playing you, so I'll, I'll stack up. <laughs> no, but I think it comes down to the fact that the Dolphins don't want to be as blitz happy as they've been. They want to kind of win with four now, and Chubb definitely helps them with that. Obviously, Wilson's an improvement over Edmonds, so they have a you know solid backfield. And right, listen, they're a team. I think the Dolphins are a team. I'm not saying as Bills fans we should fear them, fear the fear them, but <laughs> we should definitely respect them. I think they're definitely a team that could beat Buffalo in the playoffs if they played each other. Especially yeah, I think playing. the fan bases need to calm down a little bit here. I mean, it, it's just I I go into these Twitter groups and Facebook groups, and it's just nonstop trash talk between these two team fan bases. I'm like, let's just let bygones be bygones here. It's not Marino and Kelly anymore. It's Tua turned the ball over and Josh Allen. Like, let's calm down. Dude, that's your problem we have a, right there. Dan Marino's long that's, lost no, nephew is a part no, of our yeah, Okay. That, that's your problem right there, Joe. Yeah, what? You're part of it. Turn the ball trying, over? Trying to act like you're part of the solution when you're part of the problem. Please. <laughs> okay. You listen, know what you did. Respect to the Dolphins. Tua is a great quarterback. There we I, go. I, would, I, I say he's playing as like a top 10 quarterback. Right exactly. Now, which is kind top of remarkable. 10, 10 of I think 10. Some of, it's kind of system, some of it's kind of system based, but listen, he's making good throws. He is. Um, Tyreek Hill's helped out. I will say that. Tyreek Hill's on pace to like break like the receiving record this year. So yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate for Diggs. Diggs is having a great year, but I think the cheetahs going faster than he is. So I mean, I don't know. But we play them week 15 in Buffalo, and in 2026 they're going to play in our brand new stadium. And I do have some photos of it. I'm going to pull up real fast. As you pull up, I'm just gonna say that week 15 game could potentially be uh, moved to Saturday. Well, could it? I don't think it, I. I gotta look at the slate when we get closer. About you know, for the bang on the bills, I'll look at it. But I think the slate of games shows that. I mean, how did I, how did that game not get optioned out? Yeah, you got a point. It's a pretty good, pretty good game. But I mean, pretty good gig. Let's just look at this right now, okay? It's been out for a while now. We've basked in it, right? <laughs> Haven't had a chance to look at it on the pod yet. So. Bathe your eyes in this right now. And what is your initial impression? I've seen a lot of tweets saying, hey, babe, let's go kiss under the buffaloes. You know what I mean? Like people making fun of that out there, you know. But what is your I mean, the renderings are subject to change, quote unquote. Do you think they'll change very much or you think this is what they're going to stick with? And what are your thoughts? I think this is pretty much it. I mean, like we knew we weren't getting that like four billion dollar SoFi. And I don't think that's what we really want. So like I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with the way it looks. Yeah, I think if you if you look at Tottenham, I think that's how you pronounce it. Tottenham. I don't think that's how you. I think that's a little too British for me. But um, you know, <laughs> the, the same guys that built that stadium, and it's, it's very similar. And I think I think I can't remember who got an interview with Channel Seven. I don't know if it was like an architect expert or the guy close by to the situation, but 
as Mike alluded to, they were never going to get a, uh, you know, a stadium like SoFi. They were going to get a stadium built for Buffalo, not Los Angeles. So um, I think it looks pretty good. And I think fans who were so pro-dome uh, could be at least pleased. Uh, it's about two-thirds coverage. So Yeah, there's a lot more uncovered than I actually thought there was going to be. I didn't, I didn't realize. I, I knew there was going to be, I knew thought, there was gonna be that, that overhang, but I thought it was going to go out a little further. I didn't know. You know what I mean? You thought well, what percent of the coverage did you think it was going to be? At least thirty-three. Well, thirty-three is a third, so I guess you know what I mean. I, well, I don't know. I guess actually seeing it, it's different than I thought it would look. You know what I mean? Like I, I had a thought in my head, but well, I mean, I'm not complaining. I mean, it looks it's sixty-five percent covered, so I think it looks good to me, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I I, as long I'm, as the bath, I'm, as long as the bathrooms work in there, we yes, and they're are they going to have the 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 whatever they call the stall what kind of urinal the the what the trough trough a trough yeah it's like a, it's like a tub a nice tub of pee <laughs> like that's what that's what they're dealing with right now it's so bad but i mean i do want to i do want to do one thing before i didn't know what that was called thanks mike mm-hmm. i actually didn't i knew it started with a t i didn't actually know what it was but i might install one of those in the house a nice trough you know expedite oh the process a little bit you know jeepers but, basically peeing into a bathtub exactly exactly you know but before we move on to Sabres talk, I do want to show this, you know, in spirit of it being Hall- the day after Halloween, Christmas music's on the radio. I want to show Kyle Brandt's little uh, trick-or-treat moment here. It's it's absolutely spectacular and, you know, big fans of Kyle Brandt on this pot. So in the basement. So let's see. Let's pull it up. NFL today, trick-or-treating with an NFL twist. Oh, great. Another wacky NFL pregame show Halloween skit. I can't wait. Wonder what they'll do this year. Let me guess. There's a cute little trick-or-treater dressed like an NFL player right behind this door. (laughs) What do you know? It's Patrick Mahomes. Trick-or-treat. Enough with the no look. Look at me. Eyes right here. Never mind tricks. Never mind treats. I'm going to give you some truth. Let me see that bucket. Just what I thought. A lot of paydays, and now you've added some Butterfingers. I'm going to give you some gum so that we can stick it on the ball one of these weeks. Here you go. Intercepted. Don't you hate that? Now get out of here. Trick or treat. Well, well. Reunited. Hey, Coach, I got to tell you, there's a rumor going around the neighborhood here that all those ring pops in your bucket, that guy put them there. And as for you, Tales from the Crypto, you are taking this candy and you are eating this candy. I don't want to hear about it. Consider it a performance decreasing drug and give somebody else a chance for once. Go try the Mars bar. I believe it's named after your home planet. Get out of here. Trick or treat. Hey, little buddy. Look at you. You got big. Do you want to know what I've got for your bucket? What? A bucket list. And it's only got one thing on it. Win a game that anyone's ever going to remember. Got it? Yeah. Get out of here. Trick or treat. You got to be kidding me. Big man, you are way too old to be trick or treating. Look at you. You don't need M&M's. You need an IPA. What are you, 30? I'm 11. 11? If I wanted a joke, I would just have you tell me that the Titans are going to win the AFC. I want you to get out of here and try not to break my gate when you smash through it, okay? 11. <laughs> I got to say, that was pretty good. 
And by the way, if those kids really want candy, they got to go way uptown to Esiason Manor, cross the drawbridge, go under the portcullis, and the team of butlers will give them anything they want. Right, Boom? Always very exciting to watch something Kyle Brandt does. That, wasn't that commercial from last year? Was it from last year? Yeah. Well, you know what? They showed it. I saw it on Twitter today, so I figured we would we'd we'd show Whatever. it. Happy happy late Halloween to everyone. Happy mm-hmm. belated Halloween. Happy Christmas music on the radio. Oh God, please! <laughs> it's already starting, especially here. I was in I was I was jamming out to Last Christmas though on the on the car ride home, so I can't. Of, can't, of course you were. Okay. You're the, yeah, I can't, I can't complain too much. Let's just move on. I don't want to hear this. Let's just move on now. With I don't know about you, but. I'm a big sports fan, and so are my fellow co-hosts here. And I'd highly recommend you to the Sports Bring People Together podcast presented by the Cast Force Podcast Network. Listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. Who knows where the chats will take you, but sports got us all together in the first place. So just enjoy the ride. Find this show wherever you listen to your podcast or simply visit castsource.com slash podcast or sportsyplus.com. Now, gentlemen, let's get right into the Sabres. Dom, you and I were there last night. What a game. I, I, eight goals. I think that was the most goals I've ever seen in person. Yeah. Eight well, goals by, by the Sabres, I should say. I definitely three, have seen three in the last five them. minutes. Or last three minutes. Five. Yeah, right? Three in the last five. Stage. Four in the last, last five. five. It was four, three. Four in the last five. Look at that. Three I mean, for Jeff. Mm-hmm. Jeff, dude, we're wearing Jeff Skinner jerseys, man. You represent. We were. We were both wearing Jeff Skinner jerseys. I think, I think it happened, you know? And even, uh, Asplin got in on the action last night. I called was, that goal. I called did. that goal so hard. I said it was seven three. They were kind of dominating still. And I was like, man, that Asplin lands out there. I was like, man, this dude just got scratched for no reason. Hit one in for the boys. Yeah, five. I mean, that game was absolutely spectacular. I mean, just to be there, the fans were going crazy. It was a great time. Let's take just let's step back and look at the whole week since we last talked about them last Tuesday. What are your thoughts? Well, I, th- I don't think any one of us predicted that they would go two and two. I think both you guys predicted they would go three and one. Three and one. Yeah. I think I said two, one, one. So, I guess you're I, the closest. I, I guess I get the I get the participation trophy. I guess for being closest. But all in all, I think it was a solid week. I don't think they played anyone fantastic. Obviously, now looking at Detroit, I feel a lot better about where the Sabers are in the Atlantic Division. But yeah, they, I mean, they got absolutely boat raced by Seattle for every reason. Third third time ever playing Seattle, and they just every time just get absolutely, yeah, you know, they get obliterated. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, not, not, not close to a hundred wins at all. Uh, we're gonna take a take a little bit for that one, but hundred games at least. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it, it was tough to watch. That's That'd all be I have special. To say. The Canadians game's annoying because I think they played pretty well for the most part, but I just think in the key moments, Canadians actually played a little bit better than they did. Which is kind of bizarre. Like the last four minutes, again, you know, I guess we'll talk about coaching in a second, but can't get the goalie pulled. That's a no bueno. But it's happened a couple times. Good comeback against, uh, you know, the Blackhawks. I thought that was a solid game. And then Detroit was just an overall. I mean, they just kicked the teeth in. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, Mike and I both predicted three and one. Was not expecting a two and two. Thought at least against the Canadians they could pull something out, you know, but no, unfortunately not. But I think last night, just my opinion, I know we talked about this on the ride home. I think they're a good fringe playoff team this year, if not a playoff team. So 
I mean, we did not go on the Sajakoda. We did not take the Sajakoda. Mike's favorite way to get to the Key Bank Center, but hey, when it's but, sold out, that's the way to go. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Not wrong. Not, we we even said that. We admitted that last night. Mike is not wrong when there's a sold out crowd, but there's not been a sold out crowd at Key Bank in the past decade. So, damn. Yeah. RJ Knight. Uh, yeah, you got a point there. You got a point <laughs> Ryan Miller Knight this year. That will be yeah, technically RJ. next year, but you know who's who's keeping track. Who's keeping this track. Season. Mike, what do you think about the Sabers last week, though? <laughs> No, I mean, I think they coming off a road trip, they're a young team. Obviously, they're probably tired and just it was just sloppy. And then Montreal, we just third period was just not very good. Like they were just trying to get out of the zone to get the goalie and it just didn't work. And then they had to come back against Chicago. Tage is deciding to just start going off now, which is yeah. very good. I'll take it. And then <laughs> they just showed Detroit that, hey, we're actually ahead of you in the rebuild. Yeah. All those, all that money you spent, and all that draft capital you spent to get assets for the short term are still better than you, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is hysterical. But all, all those, I, th- I can't remember who we. I honestly can't remember who I had for goals or points for the the week. But I think Tage might have been at least one of my picks. I think all of us kind of had Tage. I had Skinner goal. as one of my picks. I said I, he was going to score. I don't remember. I, I don't remember. But I think we had Tage and Dalian Megan. Both those guys have twelve points through nine games. So yeah, yeah, Dalian co- continues to make history. So. It's kind of remarkable that seven, seven, yeah, it's like seven and like two thirds through the season, two thirds through that eighth game, Tage had three points and now he has 12 and nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the last four periods plus that OT against the Blackhawks has nine points. Like, that's kind of, yeah, it's remarkable. I gotta say, I think that might be the greatest performance. Like, the three goals, three assists. Nine shots and a goal. I think that might be the greatest performance I've ever seen live. Yeah, in person. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. In the hockey game, I should say. I don't know. Like, but they the Sabres insane. had as many points as the Browns did in the entire first half of the Monday Night Football last night. Mm, no, I think it was eleven nothing. They kicked the field goal at the end. Uh, uh for the sorry for the last three seconds of the first half. I mean, uh, it was actually they, com- you know if you want to make it a more impressive stat, Joe, it was the combined score of the Monday Night Football game because the Bengals combined score of the Monday Night Football game. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Combined score. Sabres had the combined score of the Monday Night Football game until four seconds before halftime. But oh, cool. I mean, it was overall it, a good win. I mean, twelve points to nine games is a solid pace. Um, they just gotta keep it rolling. And uh, do you think they will? Like, I mean, let's take a look into their next week here. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts going into it with their opponents? Well, obviously they they get a little. We have three games now because they play Tuesday at in, against Kyrie, so we'll be able to preview that one. But right, so their three games are at home against Pittsburgh tomorrow, then they're Friday in Carolina, and they're Saturday in uh, Tampa. So honestly, it's it, this is a big week for the Sabers. This is three of the better teams in the NHL, two of them on the road on back to back nights. Uh, it's. Listen, it's no easy task playing against those three teams. So we're gonna we're gonna learn. I I truly believe we're gonna learn a lot about really who truly are the Buffalo Sabers in these next three games. I know how like playoff contenders, well, like, baby. I, I know how cheesy that's to say to sound twelve <laughs> games into the year, but I mean, if you look at it, we're nine games in the year, we're ten percent through the year already. So I mean, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like we're moving, we're moving pretty quick. We're already over halfway through the NFL season, roughly. So I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. No, it definitely is. But I, I would say, if I had it be accurate, I would say they probably go one two. I'm gonna say oh two and one. Dang. I'm gonna Uh, say two and one. I'm gonna go on the optimistic side here and back my playoff playoff caliber. 
claim. Who do you think they lose in overtime to to get that one point, Mike? Pittsburgh. Oh man, they. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're gonna beat Pittsburgh and go and two. I, I think they're mm-hmm. gonna win the home game, but they're gonna. I just think that that. Ter- I definitely think the Tampa game is the. E- I think that's an easy L. There's. I just think that's gonna be really hard on a back to back against that team. And then Carolina. Carolina's always been. Carolina's that team that the Sabers always play very well for like the first forty minutes and then just completely choke in the third period. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, the Hurricanes are a decent team, so I'm going to go on the optimistic side. Like I said, two and one on the week until the next pod. So, I mean, it's a little bold, but I think, I think they can do it. I, I like I said, I think they're a fringe playoff team, and I just want to hear from you guys. Is there a bold prediction you have now to carry through the rest of the season? Like, I the think the Sabres are the winning the Trophy. Cup this year. I think they're going to have a Cinderella <laughs> story and go all the way to the Stanley Cup. Oh, I, I think we're going to be a Cincinnati Bengals, except we're going to win. I the, think we're going to win it all. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. Okay. You win one bet last night with regarding the Sabres, yeah. and now you're going to bet them to the Cup final. But absolutely. Um, if I, I would say a bold prediction that could be somewhat realistic is I would say. <laughs> I would say Tage Thompson comes close to replicating his 38 goal, 68 point season. I know that's I, a, that's a little listen. It's a little bit like he just big. started off hot, but but I think I I don't know what he was at through nine games last year, but I know he wasn't at six goals, six assists. So like I feel you know ten percent. Let's put it this way: ten percent through the year, he already has what a six of the product uh, about a six of the production goal wise. So about seventeen percent of his goals from last year, and then points. What twelve out of sixty-eight is a pretty good. It's about twenty-ish percent, about seventeen percent again. So I don't know. I feel like if he continues to, he's shooting the puck a lot this year. I think he has one leaders in shots and goals. He's been very aggressive. And uh, if they get their power play figured out, I mean that's going to help him so much more as well. So yeah, I, can I can I do a realistic one here? Instead of the Sabers going to the Cup, I want. Oh, that's not real. That's not realistic enough for you. I mean, it is realistic, but I just want. I want to toss one out there that that could happen here, like legitimately, like Mike. the no, the, no, the Dali Norris one of the Sabers do uh, stay competitive. I think could actually be a. I'll say actually. No, I'll say play. another one that they'll have multiple All Stars. Ooh, I like that. I like that, that actually is weird though with the All Star stuff. Like I don't know how like the criteria like they rank, but Dalian's definitely one. It's gonna be interesting. If, I mean, if Thompson has the season, I'm saying he could potentially have. Maybe he's the second one. I think Tage Thompson is going to have a 45 goal season this this year. Okay, just piggyback off me. That's cool. That's I mean, cool. we're going realistic. Cool. I mean, there's no question about it. I gave an exact number. I mean, you said close to replicating. I I I went. I boldly said 45 goal season. Okay. You, you do you, man. You, you do you. But a, so obviously we talked about Tage getting ahead nice night. I think Cousins is playing very well. Uh, Quinn, I know, just scored his first goal. He has like two points in six or seven games, but I think he's played. Very good defensively, which is kind of surprising. I think that's kind of the opposite of what we expected. You know who surprised uh, me last night? Owen Power actually had an assist for the other team last night. Passed it, passed he, it right he to him. He did a nice assist to Cousin. Owen Power probably, him and uh, Clog, I don't know how to, how to say it. Cloud? Cloud? I knew I was going to butcher that. But for every reason, that pairing has been very good the first two games. Which is kind of, they've been together, so that's kind of surprising. But Health Power, a little slow start, <laughs> but I think he's starting to turn around as he's more experienced. Yeah. Who is disappointing? Who you know? Who do you think was disappointing the last week? If you'd had to, because I have one, but I'll keep it till the end. Mm. Jacob Bryson. 
Yeah, he was actually pretty. I thought he was pretty bad. I mean, yeah. he, he fell in front of the net, which is the goal for Detroit. He he makes like Bryson's pretty solid, but he his passing is sometimes just yeah. so trash. No, uh, you and I were sitting there talking about it last night. It, it was god awful in some cases, and I definitely think that he's the uh, he's definitely for the last week the outlier of bad who who's stinky. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Well, what about what you, you think, Mike? I don't know. I haven't heard much of uh, Peyton Krebs' name. He's kind yeah, of been good one. invisible. But, so. but but I will say this. I, I'm happy you brought up Payne Krebs. Payne Krebs yesterday was on the ice for 15 shot attempts for zero against. So he had 100% Corsi and 100% expected goals for. That line was killer. And this is where I get nice. to my most disappointing person of the organization, Don Granado, for scratching Asplund. Inexcusable. <laughs> There's just Donnie I'm meatballs. It's it's it, it was inexcusable for him to do that because you now see that first off, I give him credit though for figuring out that Oposo could play on that top line because that caused a complete ripple effect of Oposo unlocked the top line of Skinner and Thompson. They played well together. You could put that awesome line of Paterka, Cousins, and Tuck together. You have Quinn, who's actually been able to play well with Olsen and Milstad, and then Krebs has been able to get sheltered by Asplund who shouldn't have been scratched in the first place. So now that Aspen's in the lineup, he's helping Krebs. You got Quinn, who's surprisingly, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't think Quinn would be the guy, but he's helping Millicent Olsen. You got Tuck, Cousins, Paterka, which is an awesome line, and then Thompson and Skinner have been unlocked by Oposo. So I'll give Granado credit for eventually figuring out the lines, but it was, inex- I mean, of course, they go 0-2 without Aspen, by the way, too. So uh, it, it, it's, it's so what, they're, what, 6-1 of the young lad in the lineup and 0-2 without him? inexcusable to not have him in. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that for sure. Um, so one, I mean, he had a one, good game last night, so no, he, he had a goal first goal year. Mm-hmm. So another just side note, obviously not playing related, but I mean, a little bit in the aspect of, you know, if Samuelson's down. That's probably what I would say your number two defenseman. Cause I think he's been, he's better than power at the current moment. Labuskin, I think you could also make a case of Labuskin's been the third defenseman, Power's been the fourth, but yeah. And then Alicia Hikari was a mid eater. I mean, those guys, I mean, we'll see if Labuskin, he seems like he's kind of banged up a little bit, you know, kind of always been a little bit day to day for the past couple of weeks. Obviously, Samuelson's probably out next month, and uh, you know, he's out for the next week to week. I mean, would it, was it that much of a price for Adams to trade for an actual financial defenseman? I know. I done the Ethan Bear trade. We're going to talk about that in one second, but like, I mean, like, Clegg's, he's been all right. I know he's been good the first two games, but I don't think he's going to stay hot. I mean, then Pilot and Fitzgerald, I think you're asking a lot of those three guys. You're asking a lot of Bryson. You know, we talked about that, Joe. I mean, he's playing with Darlene, so. Right. And, yeah. and you're asking a lot of power to play with an AHL defenseman. So, I don't know. I, I, as you said, Mike, they, I think, what, Carolina traded, uh, Carolina traded Bear and another asset, like Peterson or whatever, for a fifth round pick, and they retained salary. Like, you didn't think, like, the Sabres could maybe just trade a six-round pick and just got him straight up with a salary? I don't know. I mean, I think that's just... Mm-hmm. What are we kind of waiting for in that one? I know, like... Yeah. I know that aspect you have to, like, be careful about not making moves as kind of like a retooling, rebuilding team, but what's the worst that happens? Like, he just is bad? I mean, okay, that's a six-round pick. Gone. I mean, it's unfortunate, but... At least it helps your somewhat helps your short term problem. And what's the, the best case scenario is that he comes in and he plays well, and all of a sudden now you have another NHL caliber defenseman. You can move one out for, you know, 
whatever. I mean, I, yeah, com- I, I definitely see what you're saying. But it comes down to the fact that it's interesting a bear obviously he was an oiler and now a hurricane. Now he's a Canuck, but he's already kind of, you know, he's actually produ- produced good underlining metrics and numbers with those two teams, but both teams are haven't been hesitant about getting rid of him. So I don't know. Maybe it's something, you know, in the locker room. So I think that could potentially be it. But I mean, now we have Jeremy Davies up. Um, like I, I just don't know. I, I mean, I, I just feel like they could have added another defenseman, even if he's just kind of like more of a bottom pair seventh defenseman, just another guy to have in the lineup until those yeah. guys come back. No, I would definitely agree with that. But I mean, trust the process, I guess. I mean, that's all <laughs> I can say. It's what McDermott, the Bills have told us for years. So I'm trusting Donnie Meatballs and Kevin Adams at this point. Um, They've done very well up until this point. I mean, they've turned this team around, and I'm going to just go with it. Well, I mean, it's just interesting that they, last year, with all the goalie injuries they had, they you know, they got Malcolm Subban. I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, they didn't oh, and I just, I, I want to say one more thing. I got to give a nice round of applause to Eric Comrie. What a step up. You know what I mean? He He's played great in these games. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, he's, he was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, he was, all, he was all right yesterday. I mean, all right yesterday, put, but I mean, some bad spots. I mean, when Owen Power passes to their forward right in front of the net, I mean, that's kind of, I don't know if that's on you. That kind of was not what you were expecting. So, I mean, expect the unexpected, expect the unexpected, you know, but I mean, he's, that's, we're getting some of the better goaltending we've gotten in the past couple of years. So, I mean, credit to him for that. But yeah, I mean, our experience is pretty good last night. I definitely am. I'm excited. Our next game, all three of us are going to is the, Vegas game. We're going to see Jack Eichel back at KeyBank. So Jack Eichel that, playing at a high level. Yeah, Jack Eichel playing at a high level. I uh, I hope he doesn't hear. I'd like to see him not do well, but I mean, what yeah, are you can see do? him out of the score sheet. Exactly, exactly. I'd like to see Tuck steal another puck right from him and then score like he did last year. But you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on that. On Jack Eichel, of course. I mean, respectable career, and hope he does. Hope hope for the best. But I mean. Good riddance from I mean, I'm, rooting, I'm actually rooting against him. So. Exactly. I, I'm saying that to be cordial, but actually inside, I, I do not want him to succeed whatsoever. But I think that's going to do it for our Sabres talk, right, fellas? Anything else to add on? Um, no, I don't. Oh, well, if you want to quickly, you know, hopefully maybe we'll remember who we pick to be the leading goal scorer and point scorer the next three, over the course of the next three games. Okay. I think Alex Tuck's going to go off these next three games. I think he's going to have four goals over them. Darlene in points, Jack Quinn in goals. Hmm. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go middle stat in points along with tucking goals, with the assists. Okay. I, I, I'm a, I'm gonna go Jeff and Tage. Jeff for goals, Tage for points. Right. Jeff's a little, been a little stink bit, only two goals so far. I think I think he'll get. He's been a playmaker though. He's been setting no, up. No, I know, I know, yeah. big guy. Improvement yeah. for him. Big improvement, the playmaker, the nine mil, not looking too bad. But all right, so Mike. Joe Mike, said are you saying are you saying Joe's, goodbye? Joe's yes, I gotta go. <laughs> Mike's gotta go. You gotta to go work. do an NU game. You gotta he's, he's gotta work tonight. So appreciate joining from the library, big guy. Yeah, yeah from mm-hmm. the library, those disturbing books. the other students studying, you know, just yeah, being I'm probably get beat up as I'm walking out of here. So yeah, probably get kicked. Yeah. But oh, uh Thanks for coming on, buddy. We'll see you on betting on the bills later this week. Have a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see be back later. at the usual location for that. So <laughs> sounds good, buddy. Have a good one, Mike. Have a good one, see Mike. You. Don't go purple eagles. 
No, no. Niagara Purple up. Eagles. Look at that. Can't All three from guys. different schools, by the way. Buff State, Dom from Canisius, and Mike from NU. All actively root against each other. But before we move into our next topic, the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network. Podcast Network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres such as sports, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. We feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, The Athletic Mindset, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset, which I've already said. So if you <laughs> want to learn more and listen to our show as well, learn more about our show, uh, you can go to castsource.com slash podcast or sports E+. Dom, let's get back into it. We're going to go in with the Would You Rather uh and you got it today (laughs) i've got it today so i've got a i'm going into my notes here to find out um but i uh whatchamacallit you had it last week correct you you got a very insightful discussion going i mean i i would say did mike have no i did i think i had something oh no i had something about because no no i had it because i because dallin was the first star and i think Allen might have been player of the week or two weeks yeah. ago was player of the week. And we debated whether you wanted to be player of the week in the NHL or, a- or NHL. So say AHL. And then we debated uh, the Hart Trophy versus the NFL MVP kind of. It was a lively debate. What can I say? It was, no, it was good. But I have a question for you now. Mm. Would you rather have a mediocre defense in need of a veteran, right? Mm-hmm. Say Von... Von Miller coming to your defense. That's what you need, right? Okay. But they're still before that doing all right. Or would you rather have an outstanding defense with a veteran looking to come to your team? Like which which situation would you rather be in? I I, I know you'd probably want the outstanding You're defense. You're gonna have to explain that a little bit. I know, I gotta I gotta time. go more in depth. I gotta go more in Are you depth saying I okay? Are you saying that I have a mediocre defense, but Von Mil- I could trade for Von Miller? Yes, you can trade I, some of your guys away. Yes, I did not word it the way. No, I but, but are you, okay. So are you are you saying you're saying if I have a, like the 16th ranked defense, I could mm-hmm. trade for Von Miller, mm-hmm. or I have like the fifth best defense, I could trade for Jerry Hughes? Yes. What did you like? What's the draft compensation? Am I giving up? Well, like, it's not, it's you, not equal draft compensation, is it? No, obviously not. But like, no, obviously not. I mean, you're giving up. If you, if you were going for Von Miller, you'd have to give up a lot of your defense. A lot of my defense or draft picks. Draft I'm picks just... and a couple defensive guys' standouts, like prospects. What? I'm saying of... prospects. Like if you had Greg Russo on Dude, your team trade... undeveloped, I, why would anyone do that? I don't know. I'm just saying. Would I, you rather? No, I mean, obviously it's the latter. I'm not trading away my for Von, who's thirty. Is the, I'm trading for his contract, or I'm just trading for him as a rental. You're probably trading him as a rental. Like yeah. the Rams, the Rams got him for like a third and a fifth, or something like that, didn't they? Or second and third? Is that, is that the kind of deal you're talking about? Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not trading like Groot. So you're saying I could trade for Von Miller and get for a second and third, or I could trade for Jerry Hughes for like a fifth. Yeah. You either go for the superstar or the guy that could fit into your defense. See. Mm, hmm. You finally well, got this, to what well, I was this, trying to say. I don't no, know why but, it was not coming but, out. Yeah, it's all right. I'm I'm just hmm. Like what's the hard part for me for that one is like, I don't know. I feel like you'd have to go into like what your actual team needs, kind of. So like you're the I, Bills in 2019, 2018. 
How about this? Say that you're the Bills in 2020. You don't have Jerry Hughes on your team. Okay. All right. So then you're kind of a, they were like they were about the 16th ranked defense. Mm-hmm. Or you could be the 21 Bills that had a good defense, and you could add Jerry Hughes to that team. Or 21 20 Bills add Vaughn. Um. Yeah. No, nah, I would add Vaughn. You'd pick the superstar. I mean, if I had to give up a second and a third for a superstar to elevate my mediocre defense to an elite defense, yes. If I would have had to trade a fifth-round pick for Jerry Hughes, who's a solid player, to elevate my defense to what? Just so I have another pass rusher from fifth? Um, no, I think I would I think I would preferably take the Luffin. What about you? I would... See, the thing is, if you're looking at it from more as saving money and kind of fitting someone in that's decent... I take Jerry Hughes. Okay, but, but what I'm saying is this: is that you're saying that, but it's two different defensive situations. Yeah, you know I mean, like mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't, I don't know the salary cap situation. Can I fit Fon? Do I have to give up another player to uh, say say your salary cap would be close to busting if you if you picked up Von Miller versus Jerry Hughes? No, I would still pick up Von Miller. I'm saying what I had to go over, but I had to like make another trade to trade someone out. No, it would be it would be like cutting it very close though. Like for the off season, it would it would not not be good. Hmm. But if I like, had, do you get what yeah. I'm saying? Like no, if you, I, I, if you signed him, you would be in trouble negotiating contracts for the rest of the season. The rest of the season, next season, next season. If my goal is to win the Super Bowl, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I would go. For, I would. I would do the bond thing. all the way. Yeah, I mean, if I felt like I had a chance to win the Super Bowl and my defense was going to hold me back, and I could get Von Miller for not trading my first round pick, yeah. Also, he's a rental, so why would he? It wouldn't affect my. It wouldn't affect my offseason. Right, but what if you're like the Bills and sign him to a big deal? Well, that's that's not a trade. That's a that's a sign. But what if you traded for a big deal like that? Like that that you know what I mean? Like, the, what, okay, so are you? Would that be at the trade deadline or would that be in the offseason? Because that would be hard to do in the in the season. You know what I mean? That would be like made a big move before the trade deadline. I know what you're talking. I I, I like, wouldn't do a big move. I wouldn't do that. You okay, wouldn't like, even if that's what you needed to win the Super Bowl. You wouldn't do a big okay, move I've, before the trade deadline. Not for a dude that has like a massive term, because then I'm going to pay a lot for that. Right, but what if he could help your organization for years to come? That just seems like more of an offseason move. You know what I mean, right? But like, what if? Okay. I'm going to do a whole new scenario for you. I'm going to clean the slate real fast, okay? This is, I mean, it's a good discussion. I'm just a little... No. So you have Jerry Hughes on the team, right? Mm-hmm. We are the 2020 Bills, right? Mm-hmm. You are moving towards Super Bowl. You're, you're on a Cinderella run at that point, right? Jerry Hughes goes down before the trade deadline. Von Miller wants to come to Buffalo, but he's asking big money. Well, Do you I'd... take... A mediocre signing, right? Do you sign? Do you trade for someone who's mediocre? Like, who would a mediocre edge rusher be? Like, who would you say? Mario Addison. Okay. Do you trade for Mario Addison just to get through the season? He's he's actually an IR this year, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But do you trade for Mario Addison to attempt to keep going on that Super Bowl run with your solid defense? Or do you trade for Von Miller, who wants to come play in Buffalo for years? Like, who wants to stick around after the season and help you win that Super Bowl and hopefully go to more? That's um, more of what I was trying to say before. 
No, I think I would still do the. I think I would just sign Myers, and because if you're telling me Vaughn wants to go to the team so bad, I could just sign him the offseason, like what the Bills did. Right. Yeah. You. Like, why would I? Him. Why would I give up ass? Like, I guess your point would be you would give up assets to make sure one that you and if he. Well, so you're saying if I trade assets for him, he'd sign a contract extension. So I guess part of the reason you uh, you would be doing it is because one, it would be improving your team, your chance to win the Super Bowl this season, but also you'd be ensuring the fact of um, that you'd have him signed and he wouldn't go someplace else. Right. Um, hmm, that's a tough, that's tough. I think I would be more inclined to do it for like this Bills team than this last current year. current one we have than last year? Well, because last year, I mean, this year we have a dude making 20 million bucks on the defensive line and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but like we're more like more, more, and we saw the moves they make. They didn't make moves last year. They made moves this year with Pines and uh, Marlowe. I mean, obviously they're a little bit more of a, looking at it from a perspective of this is probably the best team that they're ever going to have in this era for now, for the time being, you know, we got to go for it. So, right. I think I'd be more willing to make the small signature in 21 bills. And this year I would probably do the bigger trade, but that's also a on my team. So like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, I guess, I guess coming at it from like a third part, 13 perspective, um, I'm trying to think of like a team, like, the Vikings, I guess. The Vikings have a pretty middle of the pack defense, I would say. Like if they could trade like Von for Von Miller for a second and third and get him signed long term. Right. Um, I think they would do that. Param of Zedarius Smith, Daniel Hunter. I think that could be a pretty explosive team. I mean obviously it's I'm not now I'm talking about their situation though, so Right. I don't yeah. know. I think hmm. No, I I you know, I'm kinda of more of the brand bean effect of like I would see what was out there but i think i would just if i could get a solid vet to fill the spot i probably would do that and then the offseason look for a longer term right look for that uh, bond solution which is what i mean which is kind of what the bills did other than they didn't make a trade of the deadline right no i got you i got you i mean I, I would do the same thing i mean honestly though yeah i would i would wait for von miller in the offseason i would try and save the money and still see if we could do it but like you said, if we're talking this year, we already have them. So I don't know. I'm, it's just hard. It's just hard to do it from outside perspective. But yeah, I, I would say like if you feel like you have an opportunity to do it, and you have the draft capital, and maybe wants to sign long term, I would potentially do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't cost my first round pick, but if I'm a team that feels like feels like I have a longer window, even though I'm good right now, like what the Bills did the last couple of years, and don't feel like they could, they want to fork up the heavy draft capital and maybe sign them like right away. Yeah, I would I would say do this do the smaller option, the Fed option. All right. All right. Well, that's been would you rather for the day? And I mean, do you little, I, got I, off I got, to a slow start. I couldn't actually get out what I was trying to say for whatever reason. So, hey, it's like a what's it called? A immovable object. Once it starts um, object not in motion, it takes a, it takes more force to get in motion. But once you start getting in motion, you know, it's easy to move. Come on. Physics. Got laws of physics right there, laws. buddy. Our boy Isaac Newton making an experience on the podcast. But so obviously you want to go right into trivia? Yeah, let's go right into trivia. So obviously Mike is the big trivia question guy. Of course, he has to go work a game. So he texted me uh, the questions. And uh, well, he had two of them. And then I needed to, while we were talking about the would you rather, I was looking up uh, <laughs> looking up a third one. So like when you when you started to rephrase the question, I was kind of zoning you out, tuning you out a little bit. So Oh, there we go. Yeah, it took yeah. Me a, I, I was trying to get you to explain it again. So I was like, ah, I don't, I don't really. I, I knew the situation though pretty well. So, <laughs> all right. So the Packers obviously lost in Buffalo. 
Uh, what is the Packers' all-time record in Buffalo from Sunday? So obviously they lost on Sunday. That counts to the record. Aside from Sunday, or like counting Sunday, counting Sunday. Counting Sunday. What is the Packers' all-time record in Western New York? Just mm. say Orchard Park, not in Buffalo, but whatever. Can you tell me the total amount of games? No. No, because if I tell you the total amount, if I tell you the total amount of games, it's gonna give it away. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh man. Shooting in the dark. I'm shooting in the dark. Uh, mm, ah, damn. That total number. Eesh. I'm trying to think. I don't want to go over the top here, but. What's the record? You don't have to say the total number. Just say, what's the record? Uh, 32 and 15. The Packers record in Buffalo. I don't know how many times they played each other. So Dude, this is, the NFL. this is the NFL. I'm not going to give you the total amount because it's going to get away, but this is the NFL. They don't pay. F- uh, <laughs> Are you talking like from the start of the I'm NFL? T- yes, but they haven't played. They haven't played that much in Buffalo. Okay. The on, AFC, NFC. They play yeah. every eight. Dude, they play like every eight years in in Buffalo. Last time they played here was 2014. No, they're 0-7. Packers are 0 and 7 in Buffalo. Yes, the one team that they won this against uh, on the road. What? Mm-hmm. That's why I couldn't what? tell you the total games. Because if I told you the total games, I thought you knew that they were winless. So that I thought no, I didn't know that. I didn't oh. know that. I that's why. That's, that's why I didn't do it because I thought you knew that they were winless. So if I told no. you like there's seven games, you would have owned seven. Yeah, no, I did not know that. That's very interesting, though. I uh, I would think Aaron Rodgers could have beat a 2000s Bills team, though. Well, he's only been here. What? Uh, no, I think he's only. No, he's only started twice here. Oh yeah, and the rest 20, was far. Twenty-two to fourteen, I think six was far, because I think I think he was drafted in 05 and he didn't start till oh eight. Who did Favre. Favre play? Fitzpatrick? No, probably the Joe there. I don't Rob know. Johnson? No, they played Rob Johnson in the nineties. They didn't go always go eight years apart though. They they those the, the, that scheduling changed because you know the Houston and Jacksonville like expansion teams came in, so they played more like. I don't know, less freaking. I don't know. I don't know what this. I don't know the scheduling stuff of the eighties and nineties and all that jazz. <laughs> yeah. No, I got you. Interesting. No, I didn't know that. All right. Second question. Mm-hmm. Forgot to mention this on when we were talking about the Sabers, but our buddy Jeff Skinner scores three hundredth uh, career goal mm-hmm. in his NHL career. Fun fact: most goals all time by a player that's never made the playoffs. Wow. Never made the playoffs. That changes this year. He goes. <laughs> Not only the playoffs, the Stanley Cup final. Not, not even that, winning the cup. Gotcha. Winning the cup. They win the cup God. this year. All right. So he was in the 2010 draft. He is one of two players now to have 300 career goals. Can you name the second player? Uh, you're probably not going to be able to get it. So I'll give you no a talking talking to a I'll guy get, who's not. I, I know it's it's a poor question for you. I would be able to. I think I could potentially get it, but I know you're in trouble. So. I'll give you a, a couple hints, and we'll see how it goes. One, he plays for the Dallas Stars. Yeah, no, you're talking to a guy who's more into the NFL than the you NFL. Know, how about this? How about this? How about this? I'll make it fair. You could look up the Dallas Stars roster right now. Okay. You get it, guess. And while you do that, I'll give you the third question. So the third question is, when was Salem Field open? Obviously, it wasn't called Salem Field. I believe it was called Pilot Field uh, for the Buffalo Bisons. When, <laughs> this is the third question I... I Got on the fly. So when was when do you think that was opened? Okay, pretty much like the first game. Uh, let me finish typing real fast. Um, I would. Ha- Can you tell me was there a stadium before this one? 
not that really. I mean, at? there's always been kind of like Buffalo based. There's been like sporadic baseball teams, but this was like a a big stadium because they thought a major okay. league baseball team was going to come. Because that's why, if you ever go to the Bison, if you go to the Field, the the second row, the second level, mm-hmm. the roof could open up and create a third level. They could build a third level because they thought an LB team might be coming. Ah, uh, okay. Obviously, okay. that's not the case. Every AAA baseball team, but no, yeah, not a, not the case. I'm feeling 80s. I'm gonna go 87. Oh, you're really close. You're like Am I? really. You're like scorching hot. Can I get another guess. I'll give you another guess here. 88. I'm gonna go up. Yes. One. Yep. Oh, look at that. All April right, right. April 14th, 1988. Would you look at that? First game. Uh, I think in the first game, the pitcher threw like seven perfect innings or whatever. It was almost a, it was almost a perfect game. The first uh, game in. Then Pilot Field now, uh, Ceiling Field, I think. I think it's called Pilot, it was called Pilot Field back in the day. I don't know. I didn't look that up. Um, yeah, and then it was right, so, Coca-Cola. So, now it's Ceiling. So uh, do you no, have the Stars roster pulled up? Well, well sorry. I do. Con- I'm any confusion for the listeners? We're, we're going back to the second question where I asked Joe, who was the other member of the Jeff Skinner's 2010 NFL, NHL draft class that has 300 career goals. So I gave Joe a hint that he plays for the Dallas Stars, and I'm letting him look up the roster because Joe – Obviously not as well versus, you know, probably Mike or my well, definitely not Mike or myself. No, on, no, on yeah, tab. no. Like, so we're giving sure. we're giving a little bit of help. You know, listeners, we're giving you a little bit of help too. Maybe maybe you could, maybe you guys want to look up the Dallas Stars roster and try and get it as well. Okay, so I, I'm give I'll give you two. Mm, I'll give you two guesses. Okay. Um, is it Jason Robertson? Okay. No, way older. Way older. You gotta think older? 20, dude, okay, listen. You gotta think it's a 2010 draft class. Jeff Skinner is like 30, 31. Like he's, okay, he's so in, I'm going I'm only 30s. I'm gonna show you what I'm looking at right now. Okay. I'm gonna all put right, it up on right. the screen so you can see I'm not actually staring at statistics or anything like that. Okay. Probably should have done that first, to be honest. Well, you didn't get it. Okay, so this is what I'm looking at right now, just their roster. All right. Okay. Is it and uh, all I see is birthdays. You're, there's you're some, there's someone I know. There's the, okay. You could probably figure out by the birthday, but try not to look at that. But um, the, he's on. I see him. It, 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 do I share a name with him? I'm not giving you any more hints. It's it's Joe. Hang on. Yeah, it's Joe Pavelski. Pavelski. How about yeah. you click? Can you click on Tyler Sagan? Is it Tyler Sagan? You're gonna find out. How many career goals does he have? Three hundred and seven. And what draft does it say? Uh, draft twenty ten, Boston. There you go. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Look at that. Tyler Sagan was the correct answer for all you scoring at home. All right, Tyler Sagan. All right, cool, cool. I thought you were gonna be able to figure out from the birthdays because I went born... older. I went yeah, but, eighty-four. But, but, but he's dude. Okay, yeah. Look at this way. NHL players get drafted when they're eighteen. He was born ninety-two. I wasn't really doing the math. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, that's gonna do it. That was a good for... effort. Good effort. Well, I appreciate that. That's gonna do it for the Buffalonian podcast this week on this fine Tuesday evening. I'm Joe Kelly, and I've been joined by. Dom Loss and Mike Marino, who previously is Mike no Marino, which previously Mike Marino before he had to go to work. And Dom, how do you always end these, buddy? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. <laughs> <laughs>